0: hack box talk and this is horse stories with a purpose who are we we are equine educators but we are owners
1: we are judges we are competitors we are coaches we are volunteers we are moms
0: we are horse owners just like you and we want to share our horse stories with a purpose Extension Horses tack Box Talk Series Horse Stories with a Purpose. I'm your host Dr. Chris Heine with Oklahoma State University and today we're going to be talking about youth horse programs and some of the fun really interesting activities that some of our colleagues are doing across the country. So with us today are um, some new guests for us. So we have Brianna Kaiser who is from Um, North Dakota State University's extension system. So welcome, Brianna. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me today. And we also have uh, Jesse Hadfield, who is from Utah State University um, and is in the state office. Is that correct, Jesse? Yes. And thank you. Happy to be here. Awesome, and so one thing I wanted to do before we get into our youth activities, um, because Extension has so many different facets and so many people are involved at different levels, I was gonna have you guys actually explain what your role is at each of your um, institutions. So um, Brianna, let's have you go first. So what do you do within North Dakota's system?
2: So my position is I am the Ag and Natural Resource Agent in Dickey County. But I am actively involved in the state horse program um, at my county level, but also very active at the state as um, helping with the coaching side and then helping with feedback for the programs uh, at the state level. And then I'm also the superintendent for our North Dakota State Fair uh,
0: 4-H horse show.
2: That awesome. We done
0: that. Yes, it is a big do- I know how running state 4-H horse shows goes. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a not a small job. So, so Jesse, what do you do uh, specifically then for Utah State?
1: I'm the Utah 4-H Agriculture and Animal Science Specialist, and so my main role is to provide resources and support to our county faculty and coordinators that are running horse programs at the county level. Um, but then I also have a role in our State Horse Ambassador Program, the State Horse Show, uh, most of our state functions, providing you know resources and making sure that those things happen.
0: Awesome! So we all get to play a little bit with state horse shows. Yeah. (laughs) Best program. Yeah. So, um, why we kind of wanted you guys to come to the program um, is that you've been doing kind of some unique activities with your youth and having a lot of success with them. And certainly, you know, what we hear from our colleagues and and folks, you know, across the country is that it always seems um, hard to keep youth really involved in horse programs. A lot of times people think there's a lot of barriers, you know, cost barriers. It's too hard to get involved. Maybe it's not fun. Um, But you guys have had a lot of success. So Brianna, um, we're going to start with you um, chatting a little bit about what kind of things that you've been doing that have had a lot of success.
2: Sure. So one of uh, obviously the biggest barriers people think about when you think of the horse program is I don't have a horse. Um, And the best part about our horse program is, yes, we have the horse shows, we at the county fairs, at the state fairs, so there's obviously horse clinics, but if you don't have a horse, we have four other actual competitions that youth can be actively involved in and you don't even need to own a horse, you just have to like horses, that's pretty much the only requirements and it's It breaks down and it seems a little overwhelming, but we just kind of ask the youth to come and learn a little bit and they could pick one area or just be actively involved in all of it. Um, since we are up north and wintertime, you're not even riding horse, that is when we have all of these competitions going on and practices to keep the youth engaged during the winter months. Um, so we're actually, as a coach, uh, we're gearing up for that practice season and contest season, which will be starting for Almost everyone in the county is up here around January.
0: Okay. So I'm, you know, when I think about what we do in Oklahoma, and uh, we are probably a little more lucky, we do ride um, in the winter here. Summer gets a little different, but uh, so, uh, still has plenty good weather in the in, weather in the winter here. But I think of like our communication contests, um, Quiz Bowl, Hippology, is that kind of what you're talking about? Or do you have different programs for Kids Without Horses?
2: Yep, uh, those are the programs. So we got our horse apology. I think you said kind of those communication ones, uh, the quiz And then we also do have a horse judging um, section. So there's those four events that the, the youth can be
0: a part of. And so um, does your state then provide, it sounds like you do some coaching within your county, but have you had much experience or how does that work if if kids or parents that are listening wanna be involved and maybe their county person doesn't have a lot of background in horses.
2: Um, So what we try to encourage, and we are having a little bit of a turnover right now in our state is um, just finding those volunteers that have a bit of a background. And then we're working on from the state level, having that support because as you both are probably familiar with, at least in the hippology section, There's a lot of information. Um, I've had a few people, newer people come to me even and asked, um, since I'm more of an experienced coach, how do you even get started? Um, So I have been working on kind of, I call it a coaching one-on-one thing to share the materials I have, just to help those newer volunteers and even our newer county agents just get started and figure out the format that works best for the youth. Because I've found figured it out through trial and error of uh, the best way to engage the youth and to teach them. Because it's it's quite a bit. Um, one thing we did uniquely with our hipology was instead of having that junior and senior age category, we broke it into three age groups. Um, so we have um, a session for the eight to ten year olds and even beginners. So maybe that uh, eleven year old. Um, We kind of pull them down in the beginner. So it is the very basic information in a good spot to get them started. So it's not intense um, education that they need to try to remember, like the really big anatomy words and all of the nutrition components. It just gets to be a little too overwhelming for the littles. Uh, And then our intermediates, which is our 11 to 14 year olds that's kind of more of the junior ones that a lot of other states do do so we just broke it up into the three groups and then of course the 15 and 18 year olds those older youth um are able to kind of handle that content more but as you get those newer people it's just hard to know where to start with all of this information
0: yeah so for those of um those of you that maybe aren't familiar with hypology, maybe we should give a little hipology breakdown um Because it's kind of something that's fairly unique to to 4-H. Do you guys know of any other associations that do hippology other than through 4-H?
1: No, I don't, actually. I think SFA has similar horse or equine-related projects. or Well, maybe projects isn't even the right word, competitions. But I don't know of any other organization or program that does something as unique as hippology.
0: So uh, maybe we should tell everybody what Hippology is. Go for it, Brianna.
2: (laughs) Okay. Um, So Hippology is broken down into uh, four areas. So as a youth, uh, they get to work in the juniors and intermediates for North Dakota, but juniors for most usually is, I believe it's eight to, I believe 13 for other ones, but for us it's eight to that 14 year olds. They get to work in as a team of three or four youth um, and then The seniors, the 15, 18 year olds work as an individual for most of the contest, and that gets broken down into a written test Uh, and then they get to do stations where they will see either hands on horse related items or picture stations, depending on what's available. Uh, we have a horse judging phase. And again, either live animals. And in North Dakota, we tend to go with pictures a little bit just because we're limited on facilities that are warm enough for the youth to be able to see the live horses. And then the team problems, um, which is pretty much the youth get a scenario and questions and they get A limited amount of time to go through and discuss and answer all these questions and then they have to go into a judge and present their answers to it. So it's a little bit of a communication arts thing, but definitely a team team building and a teamwork kind of situation. So the seniors come together for team problem, but otherwise they do it all individually and then their scores get worked together as a team.
0: Yeah, so it's essentially a a youth knowledge competition. Um, So all things horse and as Brianna said, you know, when you, when we start them out, it's relatively simple information, but my goodness, some of the things that they ask seniors to know are at like veterinary student level as far as anatomy and all that. So it's, it takes a lot to be, you know, successful in, in Hippology, not to scare anybody because you don't need that at kind of the county level, but I know as, you know, youth progress up and if they're doing, um, you know, regional competitions and we have like uh, National Western and Eastern for the the big 4-H competitions. Those are really, really well-prepared kids. So um, now I don't want to get stuck on Hippology too much. So we'll kind of come back and talk about some resources for people later on. And if you're interested in this, but Jesse, um, so you also said it's snowing. So apparently North Dakota and Utah have a lot in common with the winters. Um, so, <laughs> so what kind of programming have you been doing? That's kind of fun.
1: So we do very similar programs to North Dakota as a with our horse classics. So that's what we consider our horseless horse events, where you don't need to have a horse. So horse public speaking, horse demonstrations, either as a team or individual, our horse quiz bowl topology and then horse judging. Um, and we have really targeted our youth that don't have horses to try and get them involved in those contests. And um, but we still see a lot of our horse kids at that have a horse at home still are the ones that are actively participating in that. And I think um, really that's kind of the barrier that we see is that our youth don't always know what those opportunities are uh, on both sides of the fence, whether they have a horse or not. And We also started a program uh, two years ago called Mustang Camp. And I don't know if North Dakota has a big Mustang, wild horse and burrow problem. Um, I know that you've got some in Oklahoma. So, um, but what we did is- Right, yeah. We send all of ours to you You do (laughs) in our long-term holding facilities, right? Um, But what we wanted to do is we wanted to target youth that had an interest in horses, but uh, maybe weren't interested in competing in horses, but in the horse classics. And so we uh, targeted youth from our after-school programs, like the inner-city youth, that maybe had never even seen a horse. And then we took them out onto the range, taught them about range management, um, they got to see some wild horses in their, um, you know, out on the range running free that had never been touched by humans, and and then we brought them into the holding facility where they got to see how horses were prepared for adoption um, and, and basically just learn more about that. And so, kind of a more unique horse program that that we're doing that has been pretty successful. But um, then, of course, our you know the state horse show and our Western horse program is really popular. Our English program is growing, but, um, yeah.
0: So how did, did did you have to just get like a bunch of funding to like round up all these kids to go see wild horses or are there so many running around Utah that you could like just drive outside and be like, Hey, there they are. Um, so a little bit of
1: both. So we have, um, a really popular herd called the Anarchy herd that is, very well socialized. So you can like, you know, go out there and rattle a bag of chips and they'll all come running. (laughs) So so we have some quote unquote wild horses that that we made sure that the youth always got to see some. And so that was a really cool experience for them to see some horses up close. They didn't get to touch them, but they were, you know, everyone tries to get close enough to touch them. Um, And so we explained the differences between these horses that had been well socialized and then we loaded them all up into um, like suburbans and off-road vehicles. and We actually went out into the range and tried to spot some horses that were further off. We had to get um, hunting scopes and things like that so they could see horses down in the brush and a little bit more, um, like when we think of wild horses, we think of like antelope or, uh, you know, running off into the distance. And so they were able to see that too.
0: Okay. so they could see the contrast between you know ones that really don't get human contact to like the bears and jellystone yep, yep. <laughs> exactly yeah um so did did you have um I guess when the kids saw those horses did you get any feedback did that spark their interest then in doing more horse activities?
1: yeah so um it was kind of twofold so, We had this intention of bringing these youth in and showing them different things that you can do within 4-H. So not just the horse program, but like our range science, um, envirothon, those types of programs and projects. Um, But definitely wanted to give them a taste of, you know, now you've seen these wild horses and you, um, I mean, seeing a wild horse just like sparks something in a person or in a kid, you know, and so, it was kind of fun to see them then want to know more about wild horses and adopting a horse and things like that and so we haven't had any youth come back and do like our our horseless horse contest happened um in June and so but we've targeted them and, and told them like hey you can do a demonstration on what you learned this week and things like that um but they definitely ask questions about just 4-H in general and specifically you know what can we do if we don't have a horse or um, How do Mustangs things get incorporated
0: into 4-H, things like that? So some of the things that you guys have um, both kind of alluded to is that, you know, kids, if they have the opportunity to be around horses, uh, have a lot of interest. So the kids always have a lot of passion. But, and my guess is we're not having a lot of 12-year-olds listening to this podcast. Um, I'm going to bet money on that, but (laughs) But we have, you know, adults that often really want to share um, the passion that they have um, about horses with the younger generation because, you know, many of us, that's how we got our start. I mean, I was a 4-H kid um, when I was young, and if I hadn't had those adult leaders and volunteers to help, you know, guide my knowledge acquisition it kind of would have been a different path but it's really intimidating these days if you haven't come from a 4-H background like how would an adult that wants to help kids and kind of share their passion even get started so I think
1: that that is our bottleneck we've talked a little bit um within our state and within like the western region about what is happening to our volunteers Our like long-term volunteers that we've had for 40 plus years um, have now decided to retire. Um, 2020 was a big, you know, roadblock in keeping some of those volunteers. Um, But I think it's, it is so intimidating to see the scope of what our 4-H programs do and then ask someone that doesn't have that background to come in and be a club leader. And so we've tried to focus on, um, two different levels of volunteer recruitment. And one is just like a one-time volunteer where um, we pair someone new with one of our older volunteers. And we just say, you know, hey, Brianna, will you come and teach? You know, I know that you do horse judging. And um, so will you come and just teach a little bit about um, a confirmation class and just teach, you know, just an hour. And then um, maybe at the end of that lesson say, hey, would you mind coming and help helping do this again? Um, and that's how you hook them and keep them, right? And then um, then we also need our volunteers that are willing to be those club leaders. And what we've realized is that we are marketing it as, like, just a role that needs to be filled. You know, hey, we need a coach for our horse judging team, or we need someone that's willing to be winter ride nights. Um, and instead, really focusing on, like, this Program is so good for our youth, but it is so good for our volunteers too. Like we've got leadership trainings and we'll um provide opportunities for you to travel and you get to spend time with horses all day every day. And trying to package it more. Well, not all day every day, obviously. But, <laughs>
0: it's like, um, wait, what kind of program you guys got? <laughs> yeah, you know,
1: quit your day job and just be a full-time volunteer. That's what we want. Um, but trying to package that like a a 4-H program is not just good for the youth, but it is good for you. Like, you need this in your life. Um, and so far, has have, have had more success in getting some of our long-term volunteers that way.
0: Awesome, awesome. Brina. what kind of strategies do you do to encourage volunteers and tell them it's not so scary?
2: Um, so I guess we're we're working on that, too. Is probably going to be one of the discussion points next week uh, when we're all visiting and stuff because we've got conference coming up. Um, But kind of the same thing, if um, you are interested in horses, a lot of it is kind of word of mouth, like you hear of so-and-so does this with horses, so uh, uh, the county agent will need to reach out, but as someone who wants to maybe be involved, as uh, the adults who might be listening, um, don't be afraid to reach out to the agent too, because they will be absolutely so grateful that you want to be a part of it, even if it's just a one-day Uh, volunteer thing. And honestly, that might get you started a little bit just to understand uh, um, what all the opportunities are. Um, One thing I did for another thing we do for those non-horse kids is we do have a North Dakota State 4-H camp. Uh, We have a camp and there's camps all year summer long, but we have two sessions, which is about a week long, four days, the kids go stay overnight, but it's, I wish I had a horse camp. Um, And that's pretty much uh, volunteer led. A couple agents are there just to kind of facilitate things, but it's a volunteer who comes in. She brings her horses. We're always looking for more help, but you get a very one-on-one time with a youth who's never been around horses, never experienced it. Um, And we really get to help that youth do every aspect of the horse that entire week. Uh, So that's a really great way here in North Dakota. A volunteer could be engaged just to see a little bit of it. Um, we always have our county events where we're looking for those more knowledgeable horse-related people to just help run those shows. Um, we kind of want to see our our horse shows grow a little bit more. And one of the big factors is just having the manpower and those volunteers who know what they're doing to be a part of it. Uh, so we're still working on that strategy as well on how do we get those uh, leaders engaged and then maybe being brave enough or wanting to be a coach or a club leader and kind of keep those things moving forward with the youth. Yeah, Um, I guess one thing, one thing I did that was a little sneaky, like I said, you heard through the grapevine was I found out that there was a really cool ranch in my own County, little hidden gem who had breeds of horses kids never get to see. And me as the coach and agent, I just reached out to them and they weren't aware of what 4-H was, but they were thrilled to have us there and, Um, Through a lot of visiting, I kind of asked them what they can teach the kids that I brought out to their ranch about the horses and kind of having some objectives for them so they can kind of figure out what they want to share with us. So that's kind of something I did that was maybe not a little sneaky, but um, I'm definitely reaching out to them more for more horse-related things because they were unique and super knowledgeable.
0: Yeah, so it's, you know, sometimes just asking if people are willing to help because, you know. A lot of horse people, like I said earlier, really want to give back because it's something they're passionate about and don't want to see the horse industry, you know, shrink because there's not more people being involved. So I wanted to do a shameless plug here. And since you guys are all part of Extension Horses, I can do that. And because it's Extension Horses podcast, but we, you know, one of those barriers I think is, oh, do I know enough to coach horse judging? Do I know enough to coach Hippology? and or any of the other activities. And there are honestly so many resources that are available um, for education, online courses, etc. cetera. Um, so extension horses, we have literally like a four unit series that is our halter thing, which is horse, adult, leader, teacher, educational resources. So exactly what somebody needs. Um, and it sounds like again, I'm making a commercial, but they're really, really cheap. It's like ten dollars per course. Um, I think with a package deal, they're even less. Uh, but just a great jumping off point if you're passionate about it, but you just don't think there's that you have enough information, we've got you covered. And I assume, like Brianna and Jesse, and I know myself, we within each state, there's a lot of resources the state puts out. Um, that can hook people up and give them those um, resources so that they're successful as a volunteer? Uh,
1: So for Utah 4-H, we've done a lot of work on revamping our website so that we have a bunch of resources available to our leaders. One of the things we do for our volunteer leaders is our rank advancement. So our youth go through five levels of rank advancement and our volunteer leaders in the horse program go through a volunteer leader certification program um, which is very similar. So for our youth, they focus on general knowledge, skills, uh, citizenship, and then mastery. And for our volunteer leaders, it's a similar thing. So in order to get through all of level one for our volunteer leaders, they have to pass off basic skills so that we make sure that these uh, volunteers are teaching our youth, um, you know, that it's not getting too wild out there during their club practices and things. But um We have found that that has really helped our volunteers feel more confident because it is skills that they know. It's things that they've done all along, but it just gives them a little bit of street cred to say, like, I am a level one volunteer. I've been passed off and I've got my little certificates and just gives them a little bit of of recognition and allows them to feel like they have well and helps them know that they do have the skills that they need to be a volunteer leader. Um, Because really what it comes down to is just having the passion, right? You just have to love horses and want to be involved and everything else will come more naturally. And then the level two certification is a little bit more advanced. They have to um, serve on like a volunteer council. They have to help at the state horse show, um, you know, scribe at a a breed association show, those types of things to encourage them to develop their skill set and to get involved inside forage but also outside because part of recruitment is bringing in people from the horse industry and helping their programs grow too We're we're a feeder program for those other programs and so um encouraging our volunteers to make those relationships has helped our volunteer base grow as well
0: awesome that's really cool so um the volunteers then do they take like written tests or do you do they have to like perform skills in front of an evaluator like how do you guys do the testing
1: And so a little bit of both. Every county does a little differently. So in order to pass off the youth rank advancements, you have to be a level one volunteer. And then if you're a level two volunteer, then you can pass off other adults as well. Um, And so our horse council goes through an evaluation um, to pass off all of the level two skills. And then they can go out into the counties and pass off our level one volunteers, as well as hold ranking clinics for the youth. And we do a combination of a written test where they'll sit down and just do all your general knowledge. Some of the questions are about 4-H policy, uh, you know, like what are the age divisions, um, what's the helmet requirements, things like that, Um, as well as a little bit of a a website scavenger hunt, like do you know where to find these resources, you know where the rule book is housed, things like that. Um, And then we do a hands-on portion. So we'll invite a club to bring some horses and then it's uh, really basic skills that they, they just do it as a group, and so um we'll have like someone will coach someone how to properly saddle and tack up a horse, um and, and then they'll switch, and the other person will you know put the bridle on, and um, so it's kind of a group think type of session, and um, we have done this individually before. You have to be able to you know ride your horse at all three gates, things like that, Um, but some of our leaders are not you know they don't ride horses anymore and so sometimes it's just being able to identify the horsemanship um so we have done these certifications where we just have one horse and rider and then at the audience has kind of a group think session and we make sure that every single person is participating and actively talking about it But um you know what are some things we could do differently what would be safer and um, you know how could we help this youth improve their horsemanship how do we teach a fine lead change things like that.
0: Really cool. So how how many people do you have then certified through that program?
1: Ooh, that is a great question. So our county faculty are the ones that keep track of our level ones for our level two, and um, we keep track of that at the state level. And then those volunteers actually get recognized at the state course show. We have twenty-five level two volunteers currently.
0: Cool. But, I mean, it just really sounds like kind of a fun thing because I think adults sometimes like to be tested. They might miss that a little bit <laughs> if yeah, they were, absolutely. you know, involved in some of these activities as a, as a young person, they might want to um, do it again. So that. thank you for sharing. I think that's a, it's a really interesting concept, and I hadn't heard other people had used that so much in their state. So but maybe, Brianna, do you do anything uh, similar to that in North Dakota?
2: Well, not, not the leveling. I actually kind of like that idea and might be kind of sharing that onto the the state office a little bit. Um, uh, the one thing we do do is coming up right away in November here, we have uh, we do a volunteer training. The state office does it. They go around to many locations and kind of host it. And it's uh, this year titled Dive into the 4-H Project Training. One of the sections is related to um, the 4-H Horse Project area. i am actually been asked to come and speak on it and to just kind of share with these volunteers coming to the trainings um, what, what the 4-H Horse Project is, kind of where to get started, pretty much what we're talking about here um, is just an introduction. And we're kind of in the same boat. We just did a website revamp, like uh, Jesse just said, in Utah, and we're still in the middle of that revamp. So I kind of like the idea of a volunteer scavenger hunt to find too, stuff on the man. site. Yeah. <laughs> we might actually need that for all the agents as well because we're we're still all trying to go. Okay, which where did we move this this time? Um, so that, that might be a, a pretty good. That's I actually really like that idea for kind of everyone uh, with our new website move. But um, no, we don't we don't have anything specified. To just our straight horse volunteers, uh, we do do the volunteer training. And then at the county level, um, giving them support and all the counties kind of have their own training for those those volunteers that come forward and
1: help out.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think we're going to be stealing some of Jesse's ideas, uh, maybe in Oklahoma as well. <laughs> really good. So I have a question um, for both of you guys, because you both kind of um, talked about reaching out to kids that don't have horses. So if they don't have horses, how where where are you hunting them down, right? So what are those touch points? How do you get in front of them to say like, hey, random child on the street, <laughs> you're interested in horses that we have a home for you and a way to be involved. Like, how are you reaching out to those kids?
1: I loved Brianna's, um, what did you call it? I, I wish I had a horse camp or... Yeah. Uh, I think that's incredible, and I think it's kind of a field of dreams situation. And If you build it, they'll come. And we get calls all the time. In you know, my little girl is horse crazy, and I hear that you can do horses in 4-H, but we don't have a horse. And you know, where do we send those kids? And um, so they, a lot of the times, they'll come to us. But I think just there is so many opportunities to advertise outside of our industry. Facebook marketing ads or Um, a flyer through the school system, or just say, um, wish you had a horse flyer at the local library. And I think it's, it's pretty easy to grab those kids. But for us, at least the hard part is finding a volunteer because volume of youth is not a problem. It's Mm -hmm. the capacity to give them all a good experience. And so I love the idea of a camp. We don't have a horseless horse camp um, type thing. So we'll do a little a trade I'll give you some of my resources if you'll give me your curriculum for that camp because that's I think that is really really cool
0: and that's where we get together and chat each month. Um, so not that anybody else knows this, but that's our Extension Horses group, um, our horse Specialists um, and agents across the country. And we do a lot of uh, information sharing. So I, honestly, this has probably been more informational um, for me than maybe the traditional audience that may actually listen to this podcast. So it's going to be a winner for me regardless. Um, <laughs> this is super helpful. Um, And there's so many of these kind of unique opportunities that, again, across state lines, even reaching out to other um, 4-H folks in different states, everybody's always willing to help. Um, And yes, websites can be a bit of a scavenger hunt, but uh, once you kind of get the feel of how to navigate and what to look for, there is a a treasure trove of information that is out there to help leaders um, and really good quality material Again, always, you know, go searching from state, um, you know, your land grant institutions, your extension systems um, throughout the country are gonna be great resources for high quality information for people that are passionate about this um, to get you started.
1: I was also thinking about uh, the ranch that Brianna found that has some unique horse breeds that these kids don't ever get to see. building partnerships with industry leaders I think is crucial both for us to grow our programs um, but also for the industry to continue to grow and I wonder I mean I wish that every county could find a ranch like that that they could do like a horseless horse camp Um, it I mean it builds their program if they're teaching lessons or uh, maybe they're a boarding facility it just helps them to bring in some new clientele but um, maybe helps kind of spread the youth development side of 4-H as well, that we're not just teaching kids about horses, but like you're actually molding young minds and creating leaders and, and having that relationship is really important
0: too. Absolutely. Well, any final thoughts that you guys want to share to our uh, big pool of potential volunteer recruiter, recruitments out there? I guess one thing, if you
2: are looking to volunteer, um, don't, don't be scared away by just the amount of information because the other great resource we have is those other volunteers that are already coaching. Um, I think I've gotten most of my tips and ideas uh, from visiting with those coaches at the Hippology contest because when the contest is going on, the kids aren't around. So all the adults just talk and brainstorm and care. Um, and everyone is willing to give ideas and help. Um, no one kind of hides their secret. Like if they have that one team that's always doing well, they, they don't keep that to themselves. It's not that kind of competitive drive. Um, they just everyone wants to see the kids excel and participate and have a good time.
1: I think Brianna said it best where if you are thinking of getting involved, like don't be afraid to reach out. And we have a spot for everyone, whether that's an hour teaching a clinic or um, maybe you did horse judging as a youth and so you want to you to coach like we have a place for you and so um yeah don't be afraid to reach out to your county office or to the state office um, and let's get you get you in a place where you feel comfortable and have the resources and the connections to to be successful and help these kids succeed
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much um, for visiting about your experiences. And sounds like um, things are going well uh, in Utah and North Dakota. Yes, we always need more help. um, And hopefully we can recruit people across the country to step forward and uh, help be those leaders for our next generation of horse enthusiasts. Awesome. Thanks for having us, Chris. Yeah, thank you so much. All right. Well, thank you guys. And if you're looking for more information on educational programs, um, online Hippology Academy, uh, you can always go to extensionhorses.org um, where we have all of those uh, types of resources available for, um, for our adult learners as well as volunteers. And certainly you can email us at extensionhorses at gmail.com. So that has been our Tech Box Talk for Stories for the Purpose.